Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Loge level at Rogers Place, Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Well, Rob, I feel like we're going to be making a lot of the same points we have mm. the last two nights. I mean, the Leafs just did absolutely everything. Absolutely everything at a better level than the Edmonton Oilers. They did. Um, tonight, they, they won it without their star players having to be great. I thought Marner and, and Matthews were good. Uh, you don't see them all over the score sheet, though, but they're depth players. I mean, Spets on your fourth line as a three-point night. Uh, Hyman, I, I think he had one goal. He could have had about four. He had three two-on-ones where he shot all three times. Their defense completely shut down the Oilers, not giving them any second or third opportunities. They came in with a game plan on how to take Leon and Connor out of the game, and, and they played it to a tee. Now, one of the huge advantages, when you want to play a certain game plan, you get the lead because then you don't have to force things. You don't have to open the game up. And the Leafs did that for the third straight game. They got big saves early. All three games, I thought the Oilers started the first five, seven minutes and were good. And when they didn't score, then the Leafs came back and they started pushing. And the biggest thing, if you're playing against the Edmonton Oilers, you got to play disciplined. And the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, was this the second time in the... Two of the three two games. Of the three the games did, did, not, not power did not take a penalty. And there, honestly, there were nights where you say, oh, you probably could have called this. Call. There wasn't anything tonight. Part of it was the, the Leafs were winning most of the battles. They were winning most of the races. And when you do that, uh, it's hard for the referee to call a penalty when you have the puck the whole night. So, uh, honestly, if you're going into the Leafs dressing room and you're a coaching staff, you can look at each other and say, you know what? That was a perfect game, and that was a perfect series as the Toronto Maple Leafs were the better team all three games. Yeah, definitely. No doubt about it. So the challenge for the Oilers now is bouncing back, Yep. which I think they can do. I mean, they were 3-6 and six at one point in the season. They're now 14-11, and 11, so we know they can recover, and we know that other opponents are not as mighty as the Maple Leafs. And then the, the other challenge is can you... Can you find a way, because you may play them eventually in some very important games, can you find a way to, to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs? And that's going to be the challenge. I mean, there there is not going to be a roster overhaul for the Oilers. I mean, the Leafs didn't just play well. They have a, mm -hmm. a very, good roster. Good. Yep. That's why most people pick them to finish first in, in the division. So can you, I, like, I don't know, tactically, uh, execution-wise, I mean, I know when when a team loses badly we hear a lot of well effort 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 but i mean sometimes <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't effort it wasn't it, no. these weren't lazy like i think they were off in some of their execution especially on saturday yes but a lot of that is because the team they're playing oh, against forced them right so India. how yeah. do so how do you when you lose three games this bad how do you get over the hump the next time you play them or uh, when you, 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 you play don't the you don't even worry about it because you're not playing the leafs for a while so i mean that's in the back that's goes way in the back of their minds that goes in the coaches minds it certainly doesn't go in the players. Well, right that's what i mean yeah. if you're dave tippett and play fair yeah dave tippett thinking about this all right now dave tippett's thinking about how do we prepare for calgary um the, when they get back to the and the next toronto series they'll pull out the tape and see where they went wrong what they need to be better at uh simply get a lead force i mean there for nine periods the toronto maple leafs felt no stress they were never in trouble in any of the games they had a lead they made it a multiple goal lead uh, after each after the first period in each game they extended it uh, they never had to face an Oiler power play in two of the three games, which certainly put stress on your team and on your defense. Uh, so for when they eventually play again, the biggest thing is for Oilers is get a save early or a couple saves early and get a break and score a goal early and force the Leafs to play a different way. As for, for their next game against the Calgary Flames, I, I when I played, and I would see a team that was good coming in to play against us. And if they, you know, a couple games, they lost a couple in a row and their star player or star players hadn't scored, I'd be fearful because Connor McDavid just got shut out three straight games. Leon Dreisel had one point in three games. Connor is going to break out in a big way. The Oilers are going to get power plays and they're going to break out in a big way. So that's why you're a little fearful if you're the Calgary Flames and the Calgary Flame fans. You're like, oh, we, I mean, is it going to be tonight that they have this big moment? Having said that, the Calgary Flames and, and the Vancouver Canucks and the Montreal Canadiens, the Winnipeg Jets, those teams right now are, A, looking at what made the Toronto Maple Leafs successful against the Oilers, and B, there's a little bit of excitement saying, all right, they kind of fell back to us a little bit. 
they 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 had a chance if the Oilers win two or three games of the series, all of a sudden first and second are out of sight for for all the other teams in the division. Toronto or the Oilers losing all three has now opened the door a little bit for belief amongst teams that are trying to catch the Oilers and make a playoff push. Yeah, well, and look, I, I've been giving points percentage for the standings, and the Oilers are now mm-hmm. fourth with a 560 points percentage. With, with actual points, they're third, but Montreal has four games in hand. And now, you know, Calgary's six points back of the Oilers, two games in hand. They are below 500, but they're thinking, okay. They wait on we Saturday. Win on Saturday. Yep. We, we chip away with half the season left. So that that's the next challenge for the Oilers is, is the bounce back. And like we talked coming into the series, okay, you've won 11 out of 13. Um, how do you do now? Like I said, when you you know where the bar is, there's mm-hmm. no... There is no debate over who the top team in the North nope. is. You had them three games in a row. You couldn't even beat them once. And quite frankly, the games were... I mean, I know there are comebacks and anything is possible, but the games were decidedly in Toronto's favor by the midway point of the second period in every game. Well, there's been games you and I have done... Well, how many years have we done this together? This eight is our years, eighth, yeah. Eight years we've done this. There's been nights where the Oilers have been down three early. And you're like, well, you know what? They just need a bounce here, a break there, and they're back in this hockey game. And there's been games like Vancouver earlier this year where they got down and you're still like, you know what? This game ain't over. But in these games, they're at no point, uh, to me, like no point halfway through the first or late in the first where you thought, oh, this one's going to be a tough one. Then get into the second period. Whenever the Leafs extended the lead, they just they didn't make mistakes. You know, the, the, the Leafs made more mistakes in all three games in the first 10 minutes of the game than they did moving on. They, there was a couple turnovers. They tried to make plays that weren't there. But once they got the lead, they became a smarter hockey club. And they just fed off the Oilers having to push, having to cheat, having to try and create something out of nothing. And then they attack that way. Uh, I, I, we, don't, I, we don't get to see Toronto enough as a Western uh, team-based team. So seeing them as many times as we had this year, and I know that uh, Jack was talking about it, you get a bigger appreciation of some of the players that you don't see very often. I've seen Mitch Marner, I've always, I've seen Mitch Marner play against other teams, and I was always very impressed. But then against the Oilers, you only see him once a year, and if he has an off night, you're like, oh, okay. But seeing what he's done in three straight games, seeing how good Muzzin and Brody on the back end, how good Riley is, that Hall, that, that tall defenseman that no one's ever heard of until the last couple of years in Toronto, how effective he is. You start appreciating a, a number of the players more because you get to see them, and I'm sure that, that might have you know, surprised some of the Oilers how good some of these players are because it is a deep team, and it can, you can roll four lines. They have the luxury of what Dave Tippett would love to be able to do, throw four lines out there at any time and feel comfortable doing it. 6-1, the Maple Leafs take it tonight. That means a $100 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates Serious Injury Lawyers. They're given $100 for every goal the Oilers score throughout the season. We're going to call a quick timeout. You can also get us on the CertainTeed hotline, CertainTeed professional-grade building materials, pro all the way, 780-496-0063. You're going to hear from head coach Dave Tippett, Captain Connor McDavid on Heartland Ford, overtime open line. More domination by the Leafs. They win it 6-1 over your Edmonton Oilers. Let's go down to the Zoom room for Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. We have head coach Dave Tippett standing by. Uh, Dave, just your thoughts on uh, on the game tonight specifically. And uh, was it similar to what you'd seen previously or was there a different formula here? No, I said at the first game this week against these guys that we got beat and we got beat the second game and then we got beat the third game. So is it concerning to you that over a stretch of three games, you guys weren't able to, to figure out the puzzle or weren't able to find what, what it was you were looking for after that first game? Yeah, it's very concerning. Very concerning that we don't want to grab the competitive level in a, in a series like this. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. Is that what it comes down to? Like, I know there's a lot of coaching and there's a lot of tactics and a lot of systems. But does it just come down to uh, competing? Uh, some, but there's execution and competing and, and just winning one-on-one battles. That's just, we just didn't win enough battles to, to push the game along. And, uh, 
you know, critical battles at the at the wrong times and coming back and defending hard. Give them credit. They they defended hard and they won a lot of battles and they won the games. In the old days when you played, the team would spend their off day together tomorrow. Uh, yeah. In a bar, frankly. Uh, what does your team do tomorrow? And that's a scheduled off day. What, what, what would you like them to do? It's a scheduled off day per the NHL Players Association, so you can't have any say on what they do. Derek Van Dees, Post Media. Hey, Dave, you guys came into this series flying pretty high. I'm just wondering, does this kind of bring you back to earth a little bit and, and reinforce that you guys still got some work to do here um, before you, <laughs> you know, challenge for that division spot? I think you just answered your own question. That's, that's, that goes without saying. You know, you win a few games, but you come in, it, that's a real good dose of reality for us right there. And in that same vein, how much, how important is it to kind of put this behind you? Because you still got some pretty important games in front of you now. Oh, we got lots of important games, but we come out and play like that, where those games don't mean anything. It's, you can't put it behind you. You have to recognize what you're doing recognize like how you played because if you don't recognize it it's pretty hard to fix it so we got a lot of recognition to do the next couple days Jim Matheson post media Dave did this game start it seemed like the script was the same in all three games you had lots of chances in the first say 10 minutes of a period you didn't score and then you know they get a couple of chances and they yeah. and they score you're chasing the game and your team gets deflated somewhat is that I mean, obviously, it's a really good team, but you have to get them down. So, we're yeah. going to play a little bit of defense. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you get some shots early, but it takes 60 minutes to win a game, not eight or 10 minutes at the start of a game. Thank you. Brian Rashog. Dave, I know that, you know, it's about the team and it's a group effort, but we would be remiss if we didn't ask you about your, you know, your high-end offensive guys and the lack of production over these three games. What did you see from McDavid, Dreisaitl, and, you know, throw Nugent Hopkins in there as well? Our whole group was was not at the level we needed to be to compete at the, at, you know, with, with that team. So it's not on one or two or three guys. It's on the whole group. Thank you. This concludes tonight's media vote. All right, that's it from Dave Tippett. Obviously not in a great mood after <laughs> the 6-1 loss to the Maple Leafs. Anything stand out that he said there? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think it's everything we talked about. The, the Toronto Maple Leafs out-battled, they out-competed, they, they won the races. Um, when you play against really good teams, and the Toronto is that, uh, you've got to bring, you got to get out of your comfort zone. And, and you can't lose a battle and you have to play with a desperation I think that's what we didn't see enough of in these three games was the desperation uh, I, I don't think there was a lack of effort but I don't believe that the team played with the kind of desperation you need when you're playing a good team as good as Toronto. Uh, they took silly penalties when they, they, they don't need to. Toronto's power play is good, <laughs> really, really good. Uh, and if you're not winning races and you're not winning battles in the corner, well, they, the referee's not going to be able to make any calls for you to put you on the power play. So I think Dave Tippett is, was spot on with everything that he said there, and it's just exactly what everyone that was watching as an Oilers fan saw the same thing. Toronto just was better at just about everything, if not everything, that you mark down in a in a hockey game. 6-1, the Maple Leafs win it tonight. VC scored twice. Tavares, Mikheyev, Nylander, Hyman also scoring. Ryan Nugent Hopkins said Edmonton's only goal in this three-game series. He broke Edmonton's scoreless drought, which extended to 154 minutes and nine seconds. The Certainty Hotline is 780-496-0063. We have Jared standing by. Hey, Jared, go ahead. Hi, Reed, Rob. Uh, I just got a couple comments. I felt I watched all three games, but I stopped watching when it was 5-1 in this one. And I, I felt that Toronto and Sheldon Keefe approached these three games like a playoff series. And Dave Tippett approached it more like regular season games. And I was listening to the pregame uh, conference when Dave Tippett was asked about, like, does he, like, what does he think he has to adapt? Like, how should he adapt to Toronto? And he basically said, he, he doesn't have to, and all he is is worried about his team. Mm -hmm. But I think that's a big mistake on his part, and he did that last year against Chicago. 
when things weren't going right, he was very stubborn and kept doing the same thing. So in, in the second game, when the Oilers were down 2 nothing, he should have recognized, he should have had the sense to let the game come to them, not to keep forcing it. So they forced it in game one, they forced it in game two, and they forced it in game three, but now they're losing their confidence. They're getting tight on the stick. Sometimes you just got to let the game come to you and let the game form organically and play the style that Toronto's playing. Because if you're only down one nothing, you just need one goal to tie it up. So if it's in the second or third, you'll get that opportunity. But they kept forcing and forcing when they really didn't have to. And I think that as much as Doors got outplayed, they got badly outcoached in this series. I think very badly outcoached because Dave Tippett did not adapt in any element of the game. Like they were, the media was bringing up the power play, how the guy's cutting off Connor. You don't keep making that same play if there's a guy following Connor up the ice. Yeah, but on that, on those situations, that's not the coaching staff making the call, giving the puck to Connor on the power play. That's the players no, on but, the ice. But that, but Rob, that's the setup. Yeah, that's the setup where they drop it back to Connor. But if you know the guy is following Connor up the ice, why do you keep making that play? That's that's what the players are. That's not the coach. For, I mean, and that, that doesn't matter. Two of the games, the Oilers didn't get a power play. Yes, no, I know what you, I know what you said, but it was brought up because they had four power plays in the second game. But I still think that Dave Tippett should have recognize to make some adjustments because if you don't have the confidence you're tight on the stick and you're not getting any breaks sometimes you just got to let the game come to you and i think that by forcing it it just it just went from bad to worse but to me this felt like a playoff series it just went bad it felt like a like a best of seven where toronto strategized against edmonton shut them down and edmonton made no adjustment yeah, well, the Leafs were, were way better. I, I think, uh, I, I mean, you, you raise an interesting point about Tippett and, uh, you know, is he is he stubborn? Does he want to stick with things too long? I mean, I've brought up things about that myself, though when they went 11-2, and two, we were seeing a few of the things he was stubborn about were actually working, like putting Kara back in, leaving Larson in the lineup, leaving Barry on the, on the power play. But, but I understand it's an interesting discussion point. I think, Jared, and I know you and I have talked a lot over the years, it's my experience... And, I, and I'm not trying to let Tippett or the coaching staff off the hook because I think everybody's got to wear this this loss in, in this series, coaches and, and players. I, but I, I, coaches do worry about the other team. I think Tippett was kind of saying that publicly. Like, all coaches all, say all that. All coaches scheme. Yeah. They, they know yeah. what the other team is doing and trying to do it. The flip side... And if you know, and if Tippett says, "Well, th- this is the biggest three-game series we're going to have this year. And if, if we if we don't if we don't win, this is going to prove we suck." You know that that's that can be damning. That'd be worse as well. But yep. I, I think you you make a good point. Um, you know, could have could have they put that line back together sooner? You know, could have there been more changes for the second game? I think that's all. I think it's all worth discussing. Well, it is after they lose. But the, yeah, absolutely, it is. But they put that line together, and then I mean, how, what did Connor McDavid look like? And this is the thing they kept saying: why they weren't putting that line together? Because you're leaving Connor McDavid by himself, and that's what you saw in tonight's game. Uh, Connor, Mc, I don't know if he, he touched the puck more than twice in the offensive zone. He doesn't have anyone to make plays with him if he doesn't have an R and H with him. And that's the one hard thing for the Oilers. They've got four. I, I put Pugliarvi is is making strides, but he's a guy that's making strides as a complimentary player. There's four offensive guys that can drive a bus on this team, and Yamamoto struggled as of late, so that puts you down to three. But the top four, if three of them are on one line, one guy's by himself, and that is why they've tried to stay away from that as long as they did. Tonight they put them together. I thought the dry set of line was okay, uh, but. Connor McDavid, his line was not good. And I think he played with everybody on the team except for the three guys that were on Leon's line. And that's what Dave Tippett's got going forward is trying to find who they're going to be able to play with Connor McDavid if they keep that line well, the together. Bo- to me, the bottom line is is they're... I mean, we, we've said the Oilers are deeper. That's comparing them, them to past to, Oilers, to the past teams. Oilers yeah. teams. And they are deep enough to compete with or beat the five other teams in the division. Well, they're, they're not against Toronto. Well they, they, well, they beat them twice, so they can beat the Toronto. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying yeah. they, they would never beat them, no. but, I mean, they've played them seven times, yeah, and it's t- five, Toronto's, five Toronto's a better team right now, and, I mean, if you weren't sure, I mean, the last three games will certainly show you that, but the Oilers, and it's this... 
and I, I tried to explain it for for the last few months. I'd have dry settle with Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto. That that would be my line too. But doing that on this team, you're taking who many believe is the best player in the world, Connor McDavid, and you're leaving him alone out there without a guy that can make plays with him. And that's what we saw tonight. That was a very frustrated Connor McDavid. And give credit to the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's the best I've seen any team defend against Connor and Leon. And it was, if you want to talk coaching, that was all coaching. There was a plan in place. And if you sit, like where, where we sit, it's, it's incredible to be able to watch it from here. When the puck was turned over, there was three Maple Leafs looking to see where Connor was on the ice, to yeah. see where Leon, they were talking. And they were going at him, getting between the puck and the player not allowing that pass and now connor and leon don't, don't get to do what they do best and that's carry the puck through the neutral zone 6-1 toronto the three stars tonight vc hyman and spezza the fourth star is courtesy mr mike's steakhouse casual your hockey destination make your reservation at mr mike's.ca we'll give it to the nuge since he broke the scoreless drought but uh, not a lot of uh, star worthy performances by the oilers over the last three games 780-496-0063 we have chen standing by go ahead chen Hi, Chad. Hey, guys. Go ahead. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, yep. sir. That's Ken. It's oh, Ken, Ken I'm sorry. My apologies. <laughs> um, yeah, just to touch on Rob's point that he just made, I mean, it's a lot easier to do that when uh, when you're winning the game, right? And you're not when you when you score early. It's way easier to focus defensively what the Leafs did tonight. Um, one thing I'm really disappointed in, which sucks, I think, is Cahoon being out kind of didn't let us see what he could do on that top line. And the reason that the Yamamoto tri-subtle line works with Nude is, you know, high-energy uh, puck retriever, setup man, finisher. And we kind of have something similar going. It's because Loon's on that top line instead of Neil. But, um, so I was kind of disappointed that he was out tonight. I wanted to see, you know, and they're going to take away probably this, the dry-subtle Nugent Hopkins pair again after tonight, which is too bad because... I think with Cahoon on that top line, a couple things things might happen a little differently. Not like he's like a superstar or anything like that, but that high-energy puck retriever, you know, like, you know, what Yamamoto does in the other line, I think he can help that out. But what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, I don't know. Cahoon hasn't shown a, a lot of offensive flair yet this year for the Orioles, mm-hmm. and he's... He's had a pretty good run playing most of his games with Leon Dreisettle, who won the scoring title and was the MVP last year. So it's not like he hasn't been given a great opportunity. I honestly, it, it's hard playing with Connor McDavid. It would be a treat, but it's not easy. You got to think fast. You got to bo- move fast. You got to think fast, and you got to be ready at all times. Um, I'm sure they'll give Cahoon a look if they don't move RNH back there. But it's I. Connor looked frustrated in the game tonight. He did. 100%. And I don't know how many times that he he picked up speed and he wanted that puck and he didn't have someone to get on the puck when he needed it. That's the one thing that RNH is very good at through the neutral zone. He's a very good playmaker. He can get Connor the puck when he needs it. And not having RNH there uh, took away the, I mean, the, the Leafs were one t- they they took away the plays to Connor. Well, the fact that Connor didn't have anyone playing with him that could make those plays as well made it even harder for Connor tonight. I guess my point is, Rob, it's not necessarily Cahoon's offensive ability, but just the chemistry of what mirroring similarly what the dry subtle Nugent Hopkins Yamamoto line looks like as far as the yeah. one guy that can. But pull you, the puck out of the corner. One guy sets it up, and one guy can. Finish. No, I under, I completely understand that. But I mean, you're so you've got who you got Yamamoto. Yamamoto is a much stronger player than Cahoon, I believe. I agree with you. I just yeah. see they're the same vein. Yeah, same vein. Yeah, no, and that's the one thing that they did really well together with Drysaddle is they kept plays alive down low. Cahoon wasn't putting the puck in the net, but he certainly did a very good job down low on the forecheck along with Yamamoto. Yeah. Um, the, but the nice thing about having RNH playing with Drysaddle is Drysaddle to me is still the best goal scorer the Oilers have, and now he's got Definitely. someone can someone can get him the puck. Not something that wasn't happening with Yamamoto and Cahoon. Thanks, Ken. We appreciate it, man. Good call. Yeah, thanks, guys. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. Man, we couldn't have even turned on the Japanese Village Goal Light for the three-game series. We turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. 
Japanese Village Restaurants, thrilled to serve you again for dine-in and takeout. Complete details at jvedmonton.ca. Okay, uh, more phone calls in a second. We have Leon Dreisaitl standing by, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Here he is. Hi, Leon. Just a uh, general, what are your takeaways from this three-game series? I think it caught a lot of people by surprise, uh, maybe even you guys. Just uh, what are your thoughts on, on the three games? Uh, it's just not good enough. Uh, speaking of not good enough, your top players didn't produce much of anything in this series. Does it add to the frustration that you guys uh, really didn't uh, hold up your end of the bargain? No, we love that. We love going without a point in, in three days for sure. It's great. Ryan Rashog, TSN. So, Leon, two of the three games here, you guys didn't get yourselves onto the power play. It, was there something in the quality of your game that was missing that would normally get you there? Like, was that an indicator of maybe some of what was missing? Yeah, we just we just didn't win any battles. We just, I don't know, uh, there's so many little scrums and we just seem to never get the puck out of it. Um, and if you don't get into battles, then it's, it's tough to draw penalties. So, um, yeah, like I said, it just wasn't good enough. So, you know, it's one thing if you end up having one game like that, even back-to-back games, but when it's three in a row against the same team and you, you sort of weren't able to figure out the puzzle, uh, how frustrating, discouraging, or concerning is that for you? Very frustrating. Mark Spector, sports then. Liam, I think the biggest surprise is, is how well your team was playing coming into this thing, right? You guys were on top of the world. Uh, and it disappears, you know, for one game, okay, for two games, but for three games. Any, any, you know, do we blame the Leafs for that? Or do we blame the Oilers for that, I guess? Uh, both. I think they played really good all three games. Um, made it hard on us. Uh, but we also didn't... Um, Push back enough, uh, so I think it's both. Do we, do we, you know, ask Connor this? The media and the fans who make a big deal out of three losses and everyone overplays it. Uh, what's the line that the you guys should walk? How hard do you look at this? Do you forget it? Do you not forget it? What do you do? Well, you can't, you can't forget about it, but it's it's three games. It's a good team. Uh, obviously, we. We didn't plan on losing three games in a row, and not the way we did, but um, things like that happen uh, in, in a season. It's, it's an up and down uh, season. Uh, obviously, we're, we're, we're down right now, uh, so uh, we got to find a way to, to get out of it. Derek Fandis, Post Media. Um, saying that, Leon, no one's really going to feel sorry for you guys, and, and you can't feel sorry for yourselves. You got another big game here on Saturday. How tough is it to just refocus and, and, and know that the schedule still keeps going and you still got some big games to play? Yeah, uh, we put ourselves in a big, uh, in a good situation. Uh, now it doesn't look that good anymore, but um, we got to find ourselves out of it. Uh, we've done it before. Um, we didn't start start off the season the way we wanted, um, but we got to we got to find our, ourselves out of it and and quick next game it needs to happen next game so um yeah we're looking to do that thanks Ralph. all right that's leon dreisaitl with a little bit of sarcasm and a little bit of <laughs> analysis the one really good point he made was winning pucks in scrums the leafs yep. won almost all of them and i mean it started just reached the point if there was a battle along the wall i was just thinking well it's toronto's buck well how many times have we seen over uh, well during the oilers winning streak when the Oilers and, and the opposition player will go into a battle or throw before them in a scrum in the corner and the Oilers will come out with the puck but as he's coming out a stick gets in his skates or a hook comes around the hand or a little slash and the Oilers get a power play the team that comes out with the puck is normally the team that's going to draw the penalty because they have it now you're trying to get it back and you've lost a battle uh, and, and Leon's right it, it was it was very obvious up here that uh, most races, most battles were won by the Leafs in this three-game set. I think that we've found the Oilers to be a quicker hockey club this year than in the past. Uh, they've, they've added some speed up front and on the back end. Uh, and most nights when they get on their forecheck, they win a lot of the races. Toronto is fast. And it surprised me how much faster they seemed out there against the Oilers. I mean, there's a there's a race tonight, and you don't see this often. 
Mick and Ev. I'm gonna say Mick and Ev. I'm gonna write it on my hand. Mick Hey Ev. Mick Hey Ev. Mick Hey Ev. And Connor McDavid get into a, a race, and McKayev <laughs> wins the race against Connor McDavid. Anyone else in the and thank goodness it was Connor McDavid that was racing back on that play. Anyone else? That's a wide open breakaway. I mean, this this Toronto team is fast. They move. They get in on the forecheck. That Hyman is fast. Kerfoot is fast. They get in quickly. That Simmons, who's not in the lineup yet, when he plays, he's a fast player. And that's what's so hard to play against them is. They create turnovers because you have no time to think. And I think that this was the first team that the Oilers have played in a while where they played that was faster than them, or so it seemed in the three-game set. And that's what was happening. Every time the Oilers were racing for a puck, it's like, wait a second, this guy just went past me. So I they go back to the drawing board for the next time they play against this team. But before that, they're going to play a different style of game against the Calgary Flames. And then, as Bob said, they got four more here on home on home ice. A Calgary team that uh, they seem to play well against and an Ottawa team that they've been undefeated against thus far this year. 6-1, the Leafs win it going away tonight. We have Brian on the line. Brian, go ahead, sir. Evening. Yeah, disappointing uh, uh, witness the three games as well. But uh, a couple comments I was going to make, and um, uh, yeah, to try to look at look for kind of the uh, the good news in this, if there is any, is that it's still early in the season, and they can they can regroup and and learn from uh, a good team like Toronto. Um, uh, but I was gonna, I was gonna make a comment about what Rob was saying about the lines with uh, Mc, with McDavid and and Nuge, um, you know, by taking Nuge off that line. Well, the first two games they got zero points when they played together. Um, the the second line, dry side of Yamamoto and uh, Nuge line, they they actually out, they they got a goal tonight. That, that's that's not, that doesn't mean very much. They lost, but. Somehow they've got to, um, obviously they got to figure out the lines. Uh, the second, the, the dry side line, I would like to see them keep, stay together. Uh, McDavid, um, Pugliarvi's playing pretty good with them right now. If they can find somebody else that can play with them, that would be great. I mean, it's not a horrible problem to have, but we got exposed by, by a pretty good team. Um, but like the coach was saying, uh, about the work ethic, um, yeah, these guys. Toronto's a very fast team, but we're fast as well. And I don't know if it, if if it's uh, if if we're just not. It, well, here's the question: Are we just not good enough to compete with a team like that, or is it the effort and that that, that effort level can come up? Probably Next both. Question. Quite well, frankly, yeah, I, I, I mean, you heard yeah. what Tippett said, but. They Leafs, Leafs have put together a good team. They're good. Right now, the Toronto Maple Leafs are a better hockey club than the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, so the, the Oilers have to execute perfectly at a high, high yep. level, and they, then well, they didn't. Well, one other thing I was going to say is, and it goes back to goaltending, we, we allowed uh, every period, every first period in the series, we've been down at least 2 nothing. Is that right? Isn't that right? Uh, well, it was one nothing today, but then it was 4 nothing seven minutes into the second period. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I mean th- that that's got to change somehow. Wh- whether it's goaltending or defending, whatever that is, that's obviously what Tippett's got to deal with because we can't we can't play teams and and spot them one or two goals every every game. Yeah, yeah. but I mean well, that's that was against a good team that was better than them. The yeah. Oilers don't well, do that against all the they, other. They've teams. actually fallen behind three nothing in four of their last five games, but they they beat Vancouver. Brian, we got to finish the play with you, okay? So you're already going to get a hungry herd premium sampler box, top quality meats delivered right to your door at everyday low prices, Alberta owned and operated. Anderson rebound, dry settle, shot save, rebound, score. And finally, the dry spell is over as Ryan Nugent Hopkins able to shovel a loose puck home. And Edmonton may not be dead yet. All right, so that broke the long scoreless drought. The Oilers had not scored since last Thursday where they got an empty netter in Vancouver. Brian, who got that goal? Was it Caleb Jones or Connor McDavid? 
Oh, of course, it was Connor McDavid. It was the last brilliant goal I've seen from these guys. I didn't think we'd ever score again. There you go, buddy. Your name's going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics, courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. Oilers lose 6-1. We're back after the news. Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, the Toronto Maple Leafs continue to be in control of the North Division. They are now 18-4-2. They win three in a row against the Oilers, who are now 14-11-6-1 is the final score tonight. As we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer, looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Avalanche and Sharks scoreless in the second period. Coyotes up 3-1 on the Kings after two. Late in the second, Vegas leads Minnesota 2-1. Early in the third, Blues up 2-1 on the Ducks. And in a shootout, the Capitals get by the Bruins. 2-1. Oilers farm team hammering San Jose tonight. The Barracuda. 6-0 the final in favor of the Bakersfield Condors. Beware of the Barracuda. (laughs) Well, the Condors swooped down and plucked the Barracuda out of the water and ate them. There you go. Big night. Hey, when did the Oil Kings play again? Friday and Saturday against Medicine Hat. Oh, good for Here them. on Friday, well, over in the other rink, and then at Medicine Hat on Saturday. Are all their series home and aways? Yeah, I think, the, well, Lauer said earlier this week that they will have a probably a bye next weekend, and then they might play somebody 3-3 three and three the following week. They haven't weekend. set up the schedule. They're doing it. I think they're going to put it out, unless it came out today and I missed it. But, yeah, they haven't. They, they didn't release the full schedule at the beginning of the year. Did you hear, I don't know if you heard the other night, I had Brent Sutter on. I did. The Rebels players are living in the Centrium. Seriously? Yes, they're pl- they're living in each one guy got a suite and food's brought in for them and they do school online and all that kind of stuff. Well, uh, cool. Good for them. Um, I mean, this is a big moment for a lot of these kids, being able to play and allowing them to play, try to stay as safe as possible. Um, hopefully the, the league's able to complete its season and everyone stays safe. All right, 780-496-0063 is the Certainty Hotline. We have Robert standing by. Hey, Robert, thanks for calling. Hey, guys. Uh, uh, how you doing tonight? Good, man. Go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, you know what? I think uh, I think, uh, I think uh, there was a lot of talk before these three games that, like, you know, are the, are the, are the Oilers, are they, in that, are they in the same level as Toronto? You know, well, and I know, and I, I, uh, I, I kind of looked at this, I kind of looked at these three games as more of like a like a uh, a uh, measuring stick, if you will, to see exactly where the, where where the Oilers are. And I I I think we found out that the Oilers are not that the Oilers are, are not quite there yet because uh, because uh, you know uh, do uh, do like great teams and uh, really good teams have have lulls and losing streaks? Yeah, sure. But I mean, you don't you don't uh, you don't usually see. Uh, teams that are that are contending you know year after year lose lose three games in a row and lose three games in a row badly i just kind of i just kind of want i kind of wanted your thoughts on that but i mean i think i think also i think i think another thing is that i think until the until the oilers get somebody that we know can genuinely play with with connor then i think i think for now huge Nuge has to stay on that line, and you get and 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 Tippett has to try and find try and find some other combination to work with Leon because I've I've heard you guys talking throughout saying that if uh, if Nuge isn't on Connor's line, then he's got nobody, and when uh, and when and when Connor has has nobody to play with, he's he's a lot easier to key on because now you because now you just have to you know because now you just have to shut him down and then. And then the top line has uh, has virtually nothing because uh, Foley Arvey, he's you know he's he's coming along, but he's not he's not he, he he's definitely not there yet. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't uh, he doesn't drive, drive the train. drive yeah. the play on his own. He's made some good plays yep. at, at times, and he might. Yeah, I mean, he he might have had more scoring chances than some of the other players in this three-game series. Yeah, and I mean that's I, I, again they're uh, they're deeper. Or, or they're not deep enough to be a cup contender at this point. I mean, I, I've been saying this since last season. They're good, but they're not great. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they got enough firepower to, to jump on some some weaker teams and win games on the power play against, uh, you know, teams that can't kill the penalties. But, yeah, I mean, they, they run into an opponent like this, and, and they, they clearly got some work to do. Well, and then when you talk about lines, this is how popular Ryan Nugent Hopkins is. I mean, both great centers the others have want him on their line because he's the third best player, so they both want him. Uh, tonight, if Nugent Hopkins plays a dry settle and Yamamoto, that's your number one line. It, it is. It's got your second, third, and fourth best player on it. That becomes your number one line, and now you got to find someone for, for Connor to play with. Connor has the ability to play... Uh, with lesser players because he creates so much by himself. Having said that, you got to get him the puck. And tonight, no one could get him the puck when he needed it. And, they, and it showed. And frustration crept into his game, as it did for most of the Oilers, when you're, you're on a big stage and things don't go the way you want them. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll just say... Doing everything better is our adjustment of the game for Saturday for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. Steve is up next on the Certainty Hotline. Good evening, Steve. Go ahead. Evening, guys. A couple of comments. First, I think this week was a uh, honestly an excellent learning opportunity for the team. I don't want us to lose perspective on the fact that with the exception of our goaltending, the exception of the goaltending, we have a very young hockey club including the superstars. They're still in their 20s. So don't lose perspective on that. The second thing I want to comment on is that um, it took 40 years plus for Toronto to get this good. So give props to the team. I mean, 40 years is a long time to wait. Uh, The third comment I want to make is, uh, again, a perspective comment. One of the Hall of Fame players that I believe Rob knows quite well said the following thing. He said, Bobby Orr was the hardest player to ever play with, not against, with, because he never knew where the guy was on the ice. And then a commentator such as yourself said, well, what did you do about it? He said, I looked around and wherever he was, I made sure I was on the opposite side of the ice. (laughs) And that's what needs to happen with Connor. Nobody knows where that guy goes. He's moving 40 kilometers an hour. So I want you guys to know what's going to happen on tomorrow and Saturday. Okay. You could hear it in Leon Dreisaitl's voice. It's called redemption. Have a good night, guys. Thanks, Steve. Well, I, I mean, you got you, you do got to have perspective. And I know, you know, this it it sucks to lose. Uh, certainly, it sucks to lose to the Leafs because they're certainly, I think, one of the most hated teams by Oilers fans. I feel comfortable saying that. Uh, <laughs> they they are legitimately good. I mean, you got to give them credit. It may be the best Leafs team we we've ever seen. I know they had some teams mm-hmm. go to the conference finals a couple of times, um, but but look. It, I do think perspective is important. As I've said, the QO is important this year, the quality of the opponent, because you're seeing the same teams over and over again. Um, I mean, we had a couple of people on Thursday calling in saying, well, it looks like the, I think the Oilers can go to the cup final. And you and I said, okay, let's hold our horses. Let's take it one game at a time. Let's bank these points and, and move on to the next challenge. So, I, again, I mean, I... I, I mean, th- this is this is now the next challenge. You just basically got humiliated three games in a row. Uh, I mean, you, you got whipped. You scored one goal. Okay. If the Oilers let this ruin the next four or five games, then they don't deserve to be in the playoffs, quite frankly. Then it's a problem. Then, then it's a, then it's a yes. problem. So respond to it. And I believe they will. Uh, it's a confident bunch. It's a, I mean, this is the same team that before this uh, three-game set went 11-2. and two against this division. It's not like they got to go play another division and had to come back just for a couple games against Toronto. Uh, They are good in this division. They're going to play a Calgary team that's desperate for points, and that should have some intensity, some emotion. One, because the Calgary needs the points, and two, because the Oilers, they want to, as the caller just said, they want redemption. They want to go out and and get this bad taste out of their mouth. And then after that, they have the Ottawa Senators, who the Oilers are undefeated against this year. Now, having said that, Ottawa's playing better. Ottawa's beat some good teams since the last time the, the Oilers played them. But I, I, as, a, as a former player, and I brought it up a lot, you don't get too high or you don't get too low. So the, you don't get too low. You lost three in a row. You know, it's, that sucks. And coming to the rink tomorrow, I guess they can't because of that mandate. But the next time you come to the rink, you come, you're mad when you get here. You're going to, uh, usually the practice is a little bit harder. The video session is a little more honest. 
but you come with a purpose. And I think that's what you're going to see that the Oilers, their next game against the Calgary Flames, are going to play with a purpose. And they're going to find out where they went wrong, where they went sideways, and go out and correct that. So I would expect a very good game against the Calgary Flames. Now, having said that, Calgary's, Calgary's still good. Yeah, they got a game, another game against Ottawa before yeah, they come so, here. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's going to be a test. And a season is, well, normally it's 82 games long, that there's a lot of ups and downs in a season. Well, this one's a little bit shorter, but there's still going to be ups still, and downs. Yeah. If anyone thought that the Oilers, and we talked about it, if anyone thought the Oilers, when they were 11-2, were going to go the next whatever... 22 and 4. It's not going to happen. And you want adversity because now you get to see how you react to it. And Dave Tippett has a much better grasp on a lot of players on his team now. What they're capable of doing in stressful situations. What they're capable of doing when things are going the wrong way. He knows who he can lean on. He knows who he can't. And he saw players in situations. It's one thing when we talk about Bouchard coming in the very first when he played a game against Ottawa. Well, it's different when you play against Toronto. Because now you're seeing what your players are doing against the best. So you got a really good grasp of what your team's capable of doing. Here, your next test is what they're going to be able to do in a redemption game against the Calgary Flames. And you'll still hear from Connor McDavid tonight. We have uh, Derek uh, on the line here for a quick call. Derek, go ahead, man. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Appreciate you calling. I have three really quick questions for you. Okay. Uh, I wanted to know, do you think there's any contenders for the Hart Trophy on the Oilers right now? Yes. Well, I'd still um, say McDavid, despite the last three games. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, and then who league-wide do you think are contenders for the trophy? It, well, if, if I was going to go off, based off of what's happening today, my three guys would be Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, and Patrick Kane. Those would be my three guys that awesome. I would have in the first half of the season. Amazing. Okay, and then uh, do you know how the Hurt Trophy is going to work? Because basically we have the American League and the Canadian League right now. It's going to be the same. And I mean, there's four divisions, right? It's not, the American teams are not playing each other outside of their divisions. So it'll be voted yeah. on, it'll be voted on this, the same way. There'll be three oh, finalists okay. and there'll they'll be one winner. All right, well, that, that works for me. Thank you very much. Okay, no problem. I'm going to vote for Rob Brown for the Hart Trophy. Well, I appreciate that, but sometimes my work know. my work ethic is not always great, Reed. i got to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> you know, you don't play a 200-foot game. <laughs> no, I'm going to be really tired if I have to go both ways. I'm just going to be in the <laughs> offensive zone. You would have been good before there was a blue line, and the one guy could just stand in front of the other team's net the entire time. Well, yeah, well I, well, I would have loved to play with no center line. I didn't have to come back near just, as far. Just tag. You don't have to get both no. feet on side. Just no, drag, drag would, on. Yeah. I know. They, they now you don't even have to have it on the ice anymore. You can have it hovering. Hey, you know what's funny? Tonight's the first time I saw that. There was a play earlier in the game tonight where Josh Archibald was going over. His f- right foot was across the line by about a foot and a half, and his left foot was way up in the air, but they waved it off because it was above yep. the line. That's the first time I've seen that come into play. All right, you'll hear from Connor McDavid. When we get back, Oilers lose badly 6-1 to the Leafs. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 4-0 on Saturday, 3-0 on Monday, 6-1 tonight. The Leafs take it to the Edmonton Oilers and increase their lead atop the North Division. Edmonton, after winning 11 of 13, has now lost three in a row for the first time this season. They are 14-11. and 11. Connor McDavid did not get a point in any of these three games. Here he is. Uh, hi, Connor. Um, I mean, uh, this series didn't go the way anybody expected. What, what are your takeaways uh, at the end of this three-game thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's uh, three games that uh, don't go the way we want. Um, not really sure what else to say at that point. At this point, uh, you know, it's still so fresh. So we'll uh, take our day off and, uh, and regroup from there. <clears throat> Uh, it's 13-1 to 1 over nine periods. Have they really pulled that far ahead of you guys, or is there something else amiss here? I would love to answer that question. I'm not sure what it is. Um, you know, they, uh, they played well. We didn't. That's what you're going to get. <clears throat> Ryan Rashog, TSN. Connor, how do you think you guys, you know, just in terms of your, your level of pushback, you know, when it's a couple of games without a goal and they're up with you on you tonight, like at a certain point, pride obviously kicks in. And like, what did you see from your group? And are you concerned that there wasn't more pushback from the whole group? Um... Yeah, I, I, again, I don't know how to answer that question. Um, you know, I thought uh, we came out strong. Um, 
but I thought we came out strong in all three games, and 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 they found a way to get up, uh, get up a couple goals, and it's the same old story. So, um, yeah. For you, for you personally, Connor, it's pretty rare for you to go, you know, three games in a row like this. Is this? Did you find yourself frustrated? Is this a frustrating a three-game stretch as, as you've had, or, or just evaluate it from your own end? Um, I mean, obviously. Uh, um, yeah, I didn't uh, didn't go the way I wanted it either. But uh, you know, like I said, take our day off and and uh, and we'll regroup from there. I think. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what else to say. Thanks. Eric Fendi's Post Media. Hey, Connor, how important is it to kind of just forget about this and move on to the next one? You can't do anything about it now. Is it just not let this thing linger for a while? Yeah, I think that's. Uh, it's got to be our message for sure. I think, uh, whatever reason, we couldn't figure those guys out, and and, uh, and they had us pretty figured out. So, um, you know, on to the next one, a, a big one against Calgary. Um, you know, back to the Battle of Alberta, and then, you know, three against a, 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 an Ottawa team that's uh, that's playing very very well. So, um, you know, this is uh, um, you know a, a, a big point uh, in our season for us. Thanks, Clark. Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, it seemed like all three games were the same. You started really well, but couldn't get a goal to get the lead, and then you, you started chasing it. Was it was this game more the same, or did it seem different? Because you had chances again in the first, you know, five six minutes, could not get a goal. Yeah, I mean, uh, the games go pretty similar all throughout. I think you know, I kind of alluded to it earlier. I, I liked. Uh, the start and, and, and three of them um, can't find a way to solve uh, all three goalies and and uh, and they uh, and they find a way to, to, to generate a goal and um, and a few more after that. So I think um, yeah, I mean, if you ask if, if the game kind of goes the same way, I think it does. Obviously, they pile on a few more than than the other night, but uh, no, that's the way it is. All right, that is Oilers captain Connor McDavid. Very disappointing three-game set here against the Maple Leafs who win all three, including 6-1 tonight. You can get more on globalnews.ca or 630ched.com. Our next Oilers broadcast is going to be Saturday night, 6.30 face-off show, game at 8, as the Oilers play game four of their seven-game homestand against the Calgary Flames. Don't forget, Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 every weekday. I'll have inside sports tomorrow night from 6 to 8. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer at the 630 Shed Broadcasting Compound. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a great night.